Welcome to the Dance Studio Empire podcast business series. This podcast is about building your studio empire, whatever that is for you, whether you're just getting started or striving to hit the elusive $1 million mark. This business series will give you the confidence and know-how you need to transform your studio and give you the business you've always wanted. So sit back and get ready to build your dance studio empire. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast for 2023. Uh, Super exciting to be back. I took a couple of weeks off, which was really lovely, and just spending time with my family. We actually went away for a good part of the holiday season, which was you know, really needed. Um, And yeah, it's it's amazing when you actually take a break, all the ideas come flooding to you. So as hard as it was to stop, um, I just found myself um, quite often just jumping on the laptop and jotting down some notes. How was yours? I would love to know. And I really do hope that you took some time to spend with your family and recover and have some fun. Because it's here again, before we know it, it's so fast. New Year's about to start. I don't know about you where you're sitting, but all those feelings are coming back up because I just can't relax now because we're so close to getting started. And the to-do lists are happening, the team meetings are happening, the planning and the preparation, it's all happening. And it's exciting, to be honest. Um, It feels good. But I do get to this point and I am ready to get actually started. So maybe you're feeling the same. Um, I don't know. But what I thought for this podcast is I will talk you through nine ways that I refresh my studio each year. Um, And so I thought maybe this might be helpful for you too, particularly if you are feeling a bit stuck or you know you need to do something, but you're not sure where to start or what to do. These nine ideas, now some of them are quite detailed. So you probably are not going to get through nine in the week, but over the next couple of months, even the next year, if you work your way through these nine points, you'll just have a big refresh and a revamp for your studio. Now, and I actually do this every year um, because you know it's been such a crazy couple of years, you know, and even though last year everyone was like, oh, back to normal, back to normal, for me, it wasn't. And for a lot of studio owners that I work with and coach, they felt the same. Um, I feel like there was a fair bit of recovery happening. Um, so I think a lot of us got through, um, you know, pretty much on adrenaline and hoping and praying that we were actually going to survive it. But then once we were through, everyone's back in, everyone's feeling safe and confident, um, including family and students, teachers, of course, parents, you know, we were looking after everybody else so much that I feel like a lot of us just had to recover a little bit last year and it was exhausting. And I'm sure you possibly felt the same. Um, I know, as I said, a lot of studio owners I've spoken to did. But hopefully, you know, this year is different, the energy feels different and, you know, I'm here for you. I'm going to help you the best I can. I want to just keep giving you content that hopefully is just practical, you can implement it and you see the changes because you do have to remember it doesn't have to be massive, big changes or implementing that will make the difference. It's the small things that will make the difference. And I've 
believe sometimes we just get so overwhelmed and consumed by what that actually looks like that we stop doing it all because it's too hard. So this is my job. I'm here to help you. And so here we go for the first podcast back for the year. And I'm going to talk you through the nine ways to refresh your studio for 2023. Now, if it feels right for you, do it. If not, just put it off. If you're just too busy, hopefully booking in your new enrollments for the year, getting all your, your classes ready, training up the teachers, fantastic. If not, here you go. If you're feeling a bit exhausted, unmotivated, or you just want to bring a little bit of spark back to your studio, then follow along. Now, as I said, there's nine here, but the best way to attack it, I think, is just to pick your favorite, the one that excites you the most, and then have a look at that and treat that like a mini project. So just take one of them, work your way through, just that's one project. Once it's done, tick it off the list. If you can, set a time goal for it, just because it gives you then something that you're working towards and you don't slip it away and never think about it again. And as I have always said and always supported, um, if you've got a business bestie or you've got a great team, get them involved because often when we're working in a group of people, the ideas flow and they'll come up with things that you've never thought about. That's what I love about working with small groups. I love about working with my team because we get so stuck in tunnel vision about what we know, what we believe, what we've done, that it's actually very hard to see outside that. And it might just take one comment from someone to say, oh, what about this? And you're like, yes, I never even thought of that. So that's what I love about collaborating. So yeah, if that's possible for you, definitely do that. If not, let me know. I'll be your business bestie. All right. So let's start. Number one, number one, is always getting a clear vision of what the next 12 months looks like for you and your studio. Now, you may have done this. You may do it regularly. I hope you do. I think it's something that should be done at least every 12 months because things change. Your goals change. Um, your life circumstances change. So some of the things that you might want to look at, you might need to reevaluate, might be your studio values. Um, it might be your expectations. It might actually be this, the studio culture that you currently have versus what you're currently looking for in the future. Just have a look at that. Take some time to really sit down and work out what it is that you want with that. Um, your The promise that you give to your families, what is that? Is it clear so that someone who is inquiring into your studio knows exactly what they are going to get from the minute they walk through your door? And then they're going to get that. How are you going to ensure that that continues, particularly if you're not the main teacher, particularly if you've got staff? How are you going to do that? Just make sure it's nice and clear. It might be something that you can bring up at teacher training. That's a little, little topic for you possibly. Are there any new projects or programs that you are going to offer this year or you'd like to offer? You know, if you're looking at revamping certain age groups in your studio, then what is there something out there that might be able to help you boost that? There are so many options now. It's it's fantastic. Just have a look through them. Have the have the conversations with the with the owners and the people who write these programs, and and see if it works for you. Because some are going to work beautifully and some might not. But you won't know until you have those conversations. So I do definitely encourage that. 
Are you needing to hire more teachers or maybe staff? You know, maybe you're ready for an admin staff officer. Um, just really take time to have a think through that. We want to do proper job descriptions and know what the role is before you do your hire. Okay. Now, do you want to maybe grow? Maybe you want to get bigger. Maybe you want new locations. Is it simply just increasing the numbers in your class? Do you want to increase the numbers of studios or do you want to consolidate? Is it getting out of hand? Are you feeling like you're losing control? Because then the option is to consolidate. And most of the time when you consolidate, it's actually not, you won't lose as much money as you think uh, because it's actually smarter business decisions. So that's something definitely to consider. Then I want you to think about, you know, the, the teaching hours in the studio that you're doing. Do you want to spend less time teaching if you are teaching and more time working on your business? Or do you just really hate the admin stuff and you don't want to do the business stuff and would prefer to teach? Have a think about that and how that's going to work for you. And really, do you want to spend less time at the studio and more time with family? Because this whole work-life balance thing, you know, it's spoken about a lot. Um, it, you would hear about it, you'd read about it, definitely online. But what's the reality of it? And I, I actually don't believe there's a clear-cut answer to that. I think it's it should be assessed on your circumstances, on your family, on your wants, your needs, and what your ability is. So it's something to consider. Um, I actually love talking about that because I find it it's a, it's a really interesting topic because no one's is the same and no, no one is actually um, – will probably do the same things and get the same results. So it, it is a good one. But definitely, number one, get clearer on your vision of what you see for the next 12 months. Just think about those points. All right, moving on. Number two, intentional marketing. Now, I know for so many, marketing is such a big thing in our vision that I, I feel sometimes we focus so much on it that we lose sight of the other things that we need to be doing within our business. But if we just take a step back and take a breath, there is so much information out there, possibly too much because that's why we're so overwhelmed. But if you have a simple question, just Google it. Just Google. If you're not sure how to do a Facebook ad, just Google it. It's, it's going to be there. YouTube it. There's been, YouTube's become my best friend um, at the moment. I am because I'm learning all a whole lot of new systems and I'm implementing a new lot new new things for my business. And yeah, all I do is watch YouTube. It's so good. Intentional marketing. So I just want you to think about what it is that you are posting, what it is you're sending out, the message that you're sending out, and just consider consider things like the language that you're using. Consider the images that you're using, you know, the, what you want to be focusing on is how people feel when they're part of your studio. How are they going to feel? Because that's, what's going to capture your audience. That's, what's going to capture the people who are meant to be at your studio, the right people. How are they going to feel? Are they going to feel confident? Are they going to feel joy? Are they going to feel included? Are they going to feel challenged? Are they going to feel successful? Have a look at what your studio offers and then work out how you can make your future customers, your future dancers, families feel that way. Now, when what's going to work when you get back into the studio 
how are you going to then make sure that that feeling is encapsulated when people come through the door? And now I often talk about using and as many senses as you can. So we've obviously got five senses. So when they walk into the studio, what are they going to see? You know, what's going to appeal to them with their eyes? What about the smell? Is there something that's smelling that it's sweet? You know, you want it to be a nice smell. I mean, I actually love the smell of leather ballet shoes when I walk into a studio, that sort of smell, that's going to trigger people's responses. Feeling, I feel, which is, uh, feels weird uh, to say, but even if they can pick up a piece of paper and read something or pick up a pen, sometimes people just need to touch things in order for them just to feel that connection. And that's what you're going for. Taste, I don't recommend um, licking anything, but maybe you've got some lollies or, you know, little mints, uh, separate packet mints, of course, so there's not hands going in and we're all sharing the germs, but maybe something like that, which again comes across all, all the senses of taste and smell. Um, but little things like that is going, are going to make a difference for people when they come into your studio. And marketing is not just about getting them there, it's about keeping them there as well. Okay, so think about the language, think about what they're feeling when they come. And of course, you have to make sure that you follow through with that. One little tip is just using language to alleviate fear or concern or the unknown. Okay, so everyone's pretty, I think, pretty good now with COVID. I think everyone's feeling quite confident. I think sometimes people actually even forget about it. But you still just want to be reassuring people all the time, making sure they know they're safe, um, letting them know, just keeping them informed because I think sometimes we forget to to tell people what's happening. And that in itself, that can actually um, just create this a, a fear which we don't need. So think about that as you are doing your marketing, just make it intentional. Okay, number three. Number three, I would encourage you to map out the next 12 months. Okay, so sit down. Obviously, our Southern Hemisphere studio owners, we're about to start our dance year. For those who are in the middle of your dance year, that's totally fine. You can still do this exercise. In fact, it might be good for you to start thinking about it now so you can put it in place for when you do start your dance year. But have a think about the next 12 months and what it is you are going to be offering, what it is you're going to need from your families, things like fees or payments when they're due, dates of different things that are really important, like it might be your concert date, the rehearsal date, your exam date, competition dates. If you've you've already got those, get them all down. What I suggest you do is set aside two to three hours grab a coffee or a glass of wine, depending what time of night it is, and get a big calendar. So I like the the big wall calendars for myself. Uh, If you're printing one out and you can print an A3, just so it's quite big and you can write on it. Um, And then I want you to go through and put in all the big dates within the months that are coming up for for the next 12 months. Just everything make sure you include your Christmas party, like the staff Christmas party. Make sure you include the last day of dance, what it is for you. So you're working towards something. Now, the benefit of doing this, having this calendar out and done, first of all, it's going to help you with your marketing because all of a sudden you know exactly what you now need to focus on in your marketing. As it's leading up to events, 
you can start working backwards. And so you can start reverse engineering any events, like you might have a workshop coming up. So you need to, three weeks out, you need to start getting emails out, getting social media posts out, making sure that you let your families know it's coming up. The next, the other thing is giving this information to your families, they will also put it in their diaries and they will prioritize it over other things that may come up in the future. So the amount of people that tell me, oh, my, we've had the, the, concerts coming up and all of a sudden someone's like oh we've booked a holiday for that particular day we won't be here I have I have all this done by October the the previous year so as people are enrolling re-enrolling they have this calendar and so and I say to the parents everything's in here here are the dates here are the estimated times like I can even estimate what time it's going to be and yeah, and so they put that in their di- in their calendar. So I literally will see them putting it in their phones, which I think is fantastic because then you're generally going to get priority. Now, I know for some people, um, concerts, you can't book in that far in advance, depending on your venue. I, I, knew, I know that is a problem for some. However, give them an idea. So it'll probably be the week of and they give them the options just so they've got an idea in their head. So they're not then going to go and book a holiday and miss out. Very beneficial um, and worth worth just sitting down for those couple of hours. And then the thing is, once it's done, you can actually pretty much reuse it again and again each year and you just tweak it and you change your dates. So I do encourage you to do that. It might not happen now, but at some point through the year, try and get that done and you will see the benefits of it. I promise. I promise. Okay, moving on. Number four, revising your administration systems. Now, this is obviously we all have different systems that we're using. Uh, There are a lot of great programs out there now that are being used by studio owners. I still actually have my, my dad wrote our program. And so it's very specific to my studio. Obviously it's perfect. You might not have a dad that does it and all that stuff. So using what you have, have a look through it and just make sure that it's still working for you. Make sure it's not draining your bank account and you're not using it properly or utilizing it properly. It's, it's one of those jobs. I don't know, maybe you love it, I personally don't. Um, And so, yeah, it's something that I always do put to the side because I don't really want to go through all that stuff. But it is beneficial for you to clarify your invoicing and the payment system and how it's working for you. And if if you can, speak to other studio owners about what's working for them. Remember the, the power of community is how we continue to move forward. So I really do encourage you to do that as well. Have a a plan or design how you're going to communicate with your students that are currently enrolled. Okay, so do you, I know a lot of studios use band and they said, they say that works really well. Um, Maybe you email, maybe you text, maybe it's just social media, physical handouts. The, The interesting part is because things are changing and it does tend to go in waves, you know, for a while there it was, everyone was just doing emails. And then for a while there, it was all just social media. I have always done a physical handout for the important stuff because I feel like, again, people don't generally have things in their hands anymore. They're not given things. And so if I give them a note, it's almost weird. And so they actually read it. It 
pay attention to it. So have a think about how you are currently communicating. Um, Is it still working? Is it not? The other thing that I really encourage you to think about each year is the customer journey. So the step from very initial inquiry, so the time where they see your post or they see your sign or your brochure in the cafe or someone's told them about you through to the very first lesson that they arrive. Okay. So what are the steps that you need to communicate to have them feeling really comfortable and really confident the day they turn up? Now, this might be an email series. It might be a phone call. Uh, it might be just um, sending out uh, something in the mail. So like an invite saying, welcome to our studio. We can't wait to see you. Something like that. I remember thinking outside the box, thinking outside of what everyone else is doing. Now that is going to then put them at ease. Then there's they're more likely to turn up. All right. And I know most people do this, but maybe it's time to tweak your information a document or a handout, whatever it is that you have for your new inquiries. It's, it's interesting, I because I'm all about giving all the details as much as possible, but I have found over the last year or so, I'm starting to turn my text into um, the, uh, graphics or graphs or dot pointing so or tables. And so I am seeing that just the change from text to images and, um, you know, just a different way of seeing the information, people are processing it better. And I think, I think it's because time-wise everyone's so busy, they don't want to read a whole lot of text, but they can look at an image and then sort of absorb the information from that. That's my own personal opinion. I don't know. That's what's working for me. So I went through our information document, our re-enrollment form that we do for the families. And I just put the information into tables and put dot points and boxes and I just changed the look of it and I found that worked really well so maybe that is something you could implement uh, this year if you if you have time all right number five it's that time where you need to consider any new hires hopefully that's all sorted for you I hope for you that it is all sorted but if not you get onto it (laughs) get onto it now start by looking in um at the areas of business where you need help. Okay, where where is it that you would, you know, do you need assistance? Do you need an admin person? Do you need someone to do your social media? Have a look what it is and then consider maybe utilising someone that you already employ or maybe it's a new hire that you need to look at. If you are considering a new hire, see if they have a skill set or they're willing to, to stretch their role, you know, like I said, they may just be naturally good at social media and they might be able to give you a hand. You pay them for their hours, of course. I'm not get asking you to, for them to do it for free. Maybe they're really good customer liaison or answering the phones, things like that, that will be able to help you. But if you can just hire one person who can help you out in more areas, it's going to be a lot more beneficial financially for your studio. Make sure that you do have a job description. Okay, so if you're bringing on someone new, you know exactly what the role is, what the expectations are and requirements are for them. So you can tell them. When you're hiring someone, I I feel like you should know as the business owner how to do it yourself. You should have done the time in that role to know exactly what it is you're handing over. 
I don't believe you need to be an expert in it, but you need to have a bit of an idea so that when you do hire and you do a thorough onboarding, because that's, I think a lot of places don't do that thorough onboarding and this new person's come in, they're not quite sure what to do. You're getting frustrated and, you know, it becomes a lot more work if you don't put in the time at the beginning. But really just have a think about what that means to you and what you need from someone else so that you can make make that happen because you want this to benefit your business as soon as possible. All right, that's number five. Number six, teacher training. Now, if you've been following me for a while, you know how passionate I am about this. And I it's it's so beneficial. So I'm just saying, do it. Do it, do it now. Book in your teacher training dates for the year ahead right now and let your teachers know you we have to remember a teacher coming into work for your business definitely doesn't have the love and commitment that you have it's it is not their priority it is not the only thing they're thinking about it is not the most important thing in their life and we have to remember that and that's absolutely fine of course that's fine that's why it's your business but if so if you can show them the respect of giving them the dates in advance, telling them what to expect, then they are more likely to respect that back. And then, yep, no worries. We get priority because, you know, it's been booked in for the whole year. So do that. Work out how many times you want to train, put those book, uh, put those dates into your calendar and send them to your staff. So for us, we always do the last Friday of each holiday break. So my teachers know that that's just when we do it. And it's been like that for years and everyone's always there and it's it's great. And it's absolutely worth the time and effort to do that. What I do at the end of each year is I re-interview my current staff and just ensure that they're still in alignment with our studio values because it's really important that they are. And I've had teachers with me for six, seven, eight, even more longer years. And, you know, we obviously love them and they're part of our family, but their goals are going to change as well. So I need to make sure that, first of all, that they still want to work with us. They're still just as excited to be part of our team and that they're in alignment with our values. I always will give them a gift. I will give them something. There's food, there's um, celebration gifts, there's diaries, there's, I, I do whatever I can to make it fun and make it memorable for them. It's not just dry turning up and me talking at them. Um, we do, uh, what else do we do? We do role-playing, we get people involved, we mix it up sometimes with our assistant teachers. So there's a lot of um, opportunity to make it a, a fun day, a fun experience, which will be very beneficial for you as the studio owner. So I think um, I'll possibly go into a little bit more teacher training maybe next week in the podcast because it's that time. And so I can actually talk you through exactly what I'm doing this year with my teachers because it's coming up next week as well. And maybe that might help you as well. So anyway, let me know if that is something that would interest you. Okay. Number seven, we are nearly there. Number seven is the classroom experience. So this is on the flip side of getting the new people, finding and attracting your new students and enrolling them. This is now about the retention side of it. And where we focus on getting new people, you know, getting them into trial and getting them to enroll, we need to spend more time on retention because the ones you already have, if you look after them, they are going to be 
um, more beneficial for you in your business because the value of each of those students is going to go up and they are going to love being there. They're going to talk about you. They are, they are then going to become your marketing to getting new people in. But you have to be in control and know what's happening in the classroom. So what do I do? I, first of all, encourage my teachers to stay inspired and fresh. This can be done through workshops, even through watching YouTube videos. Like it doesn't, whatever works for them, sending them on courses just to refresh them, you know, do what you can to keep them inspired. Um, I also encourage my teachers to allow the students to be part of the creative process because sometimes a student will come to you with a really great idea that you might not have thought of. And so instead of just shutting them down and saying, oh, yeah, whatever, I encourage my teachers to listen to them because they might just add something that you hadn't thought of. So do that. Um, current trends in the at the time, you know, maybe when you're doing your training, chat about songs that are floating around the schoolyard. Ask them, I don't know, maybe you've got young enough teachers there for, on TikTok and they're, they're sort of doing all that stuff that is on trend at the moment. I think it's really a good way. Obviously, it needs to be appropriate, but it's a good way for, to keep your students engaged is when you're doing relatable stuff, relatable songs, um, relatable trends, relatable things that they can get in and have fun with because you want to keep incorporating fun activities and creative exercises into your lessons. Otherwise, if it's the same mundane classes every week, they're going to get bored. Remember, the students are different now. They have a very short attention span. They go in expecting a whole lot more than they did several years ago. So it's up to you to take responsibility, find ways to keep them engaged. All right, moving on to number eight, we are going to be looking at ways to increase the value of the students you already have enrolled. I did previously mention about the value of the students and how important it is because it really is part of that retention strategy that you need to have in your studio. Again, the retention side of business for us is something that is overlooked by so many studio owners. And this is actually where you can stand out. And this could be a point of difference for you. So if it's something that you haven't thought much about, having a look at each of your students that are already enrolled, how can you make their time so amazing, make it so convenient for the parents, make it convenient that the fact that they're there, maybe they have a younger sibling that could join a class in a different studio, if that's a possibility for you. I want you to really hone in on ways to look after the, the, the students that you already have, because they are going to be your most powerful form of marketing. They are the ones who are going to make your life so much easier when you put an offer out there or you introduce a new uniform or something that requires them to hand over money. They're not even going to think twice because you have already gained their trust. They know that you are there for them. And so you've built up this connection with these people already. And so it actually makes your life so much easier as a studio owner. And you will earn more money because they're there and they're happy and they will tell everyone about you. So throughout the podcast series coming up, I will be going more into retention and different 
things you can do and different ways you can do that, but also just focusing on trying to increase the value of each of those students you already have. Okay, finally, number nine, and this one is you. What can you do in the next 12 months for you to make your life better, to find that balance, to earn more income, to to remove yourself from the classroom or to remove yourself from the office, whatever it is for you. Hopefully you've spent a bit of time and you've thought about what it is you are wanting, what it is you can see yourself doing for the next 12 months. Because sit down and work it out. How many hours per week do you want or need to be working? Now, I'm not that person who says, just do, you know, four hour work week or, you know, just teeter in and teeter out. I personally don't think that that's possible. Well, it's possible. Of course it's possible. But for me, um, and I think with our businesses, I think it's really, we have to put in some of the work. We have to put in some of the effort and time, have your face seen. It doesn't have to be every day, uh, particularly if you have a team working around you, but maybe you just need to pop onto social media and do a video or a live video so people know um, that you are around, you care and you love, but work out how many hours it is that you want to be doing versus how many you need to be doing. Once you've worked that out, then we look at ways to to tweak that and how can we change it to, to meet your needs and your wants. That's the first thing you need to do. Then I really encourage you to make a list of everything that you are currently doing and how long each task is taking you. Because this is then going to give you an indication where you're spending most of your time. And then the benefit of that is you can work out then, is it best that you are spending your time doing these tasks? Or is this something that you could delegate to someone else? This is I, the hard part is the time-consuming um, admin where, and it could be just answering phones, returning messages, doing emails, but there will be things that you are doing that someone else might be able to help you with. But because it's almost a bit of a cycle where we get stuck in, it's actually going to be quicker for me to do it myself because I don't have time to tell someone how to do it. I don't have time to train someone how to do it. So you try and do it all yourself. And this is where we get into a bit of a spiral then I want you to take a little bit of time to work out what it is that you love doing in your business. What is it that you, what part of it do you love? And then on the flip side, what parts don't you love? Now, this is where you sometimes always, there are things that we have to do that we don't want to do. That is just part of the deal of being a business owner. Definitely we have to do things we don't want to, but there would be little things that you don't want to do, maybe repetitive things, maybe simple things. And this is where you can outsource or you can delegate. What are some of the things that you love doing but have nothing to do with your studio? Okay, this is a really good question. Something outside of the business, what is it that you love? Now, for me, I like to say I love going on bushwalks. I love going to the beach and I actually love watching Netflix. Um, that's, yeah, it's just, it's the reality. I I promise I'll always be transparent with you. Um, I love Netflix is a real downtime for me, but what is something that you love doing? That's not part of the business because I want you to make it a priority to schedule it in to your year. I know this, the reality of that might be once every three months, 
but at least it's a start. Okay. It's a start. You need to find something that will reconnect you to the outside world because you don't want to become completely consumed by your business. Because what happens, you become completely consumed and you're no longer growing. You can no longer expand because everything, all your energy is being taken by the, the business itself. And you, you actually are so uh, you're consumed by it that you can't let any new ideas come into you. So when you do the things that aren't related to your business, things will open up. Opportunities will open up. You'll have ideas just download and you'll get home and just write things out. It's really important to protect and prioritize your energy. Make sure you have your boundaries in place. Look after your, your health. It's just, if you're unhealthy, your business can't run or something's going to suffer. Your family's going to suffer. So it's it's not worth it. Um, and again, I think sometimes we get so consumed with having to keep up with everybody else and what everyone else is doing and it, it it becomes too hard to health gets put on the back burner. You, you don't, your family almost gets put back on, on the back burner, which sounds terrible, but that's the reality. Um, so really make a priority of doing that for you this year. And it can be lonely. It can be a lonely journey. So my advice for 2023 is find a network or join a supportive group. Now this could be like-minded studio owners, or it might be an outside group. Maybe there's a local community accountability group or um, a group that meet up networking group in your area that might not even have anything to do with your, with a dance studio, but there still is great power in getting together with people, bouncing ideas off each other, exchanging stories, because this is when these people are the ones who are going to help you at the times when it's tough. And I really, this is something that's come to me in the last couple of years. I've really noticed how important it is to have people in, ha have a network, have a, a supportive group around you, which is why I now have my, my new offer of our high level ma uh, mastermind, which is starting this year. And it is for those studio owners who are there at a certain point of their business, they they know what they're doing. They've, they've been doing it for long enough and they are ready to step up. But the power of stepping up is by getting together with people who are in the same position and then all of a sudden they're sh shooting ideas at each other, bouncing ideas, coming up with things, um, clarity that just becomes incredible like you haven't even thought of. And you're like, wow, that's a really great idea. So that's what I really do encourage you because it is such a lonely journey sometimes being a studio owner um, and, and find that business bestie if you can, you know, it's, it is worth it. Absolutely worth it. And you have to make sure you book in to catch up because that's another thing. You get so busy, you're like, oh yeah, we'll catch up next month. And then you don't because things come up, but book it in. Very important. And I'll just finish off with remembering why you started your studio. And what is it that you love most about it? Okay, now at those times where it gets overwhelming, you're hating it, this is this is where you need to remember exactly what it was that drew you to teaching, what drew you to starting a business because that's going to help ground you when things get challenging and it feels hard. I know it, and again, that's easier said than done, um, but if you're at that point and you're like, 
I don't, am I going to sell because I hate doing what I'm doing? It's all too much. It's taking too much time. I'm not earning enough money. Go back to that. Why? Why did I start? What do I love most about it? And you know what? It may be that you're ready to sell your studio. That's fine. But you need to come back and just ask yourself um, really clarifying questions about that. And then then you can start taking action to to improve it, whether it's you start talking to someone, get some advice, whether you start looking into getting a management team on. And so maybe they can take over the management so you can step back a little bit. Things definitely need to change when you get to that point. Okay, that they are my nine points of different ways that you can refresh your studio in 2023. Remember, getting through each of these may take some time, but I promise you it will be worth it. So if you're feeling stuck, refer back to this document, it will refer back to this podcast and yeah, and you can work your way through the checklists. Guys, that's it for the first episode back of 2023. There are still a few spots available for the mastermind, which is our high level mastermind. Now, this one is for studio owners who have either been in the business for five years or they have 250 students. This one is game changing and um, it's, it's an intimate and immersive mastermind. And it's for those studio owners who are craving connection and expansion while they're striving towards their $1 million or expanding their, their studio locations. What it is, whatever their next step is, that's what we work on. And it's going to be over the next 12 months. It is strictly limited numbers in it because it is so intensely um, intimate But there are still a few positions open. If you would like to chat about that, if you think this might be something that you'd be interested in, again, use the link below to book in and we will have a chat about that and we can work out whether it's suitable for you, whether it's something that you want or will be valuable for you. I'm so excited about it. I can't wait Uh, and we'll be talking about it more. But I just want to let you know that there are only a few more weeks to get in for our 2023 intake. All right, guys, I'm going to leave it there. Have a fantastic week and I will speak to you soon. Hey, studio owner, if you are ready to have classes so full you need a wait list, an incredible team who are exceptional with your dancers, or simply generate more revenue for your studio, then I want to invite you to join Dance Business Academy. Now, whether you are just getting started or striving to hit the elusive $1 million mark, Dance Business Academy will give you the confidence and know-how you need to transform your studio and build your dance studio empire. Just send me an email to info at danceteachercentral.com and I'll send you through the details.